It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad. Boy, Nugent Hopkins to win it between circles, shoots and scores. Ryan Nugent Hopkins, the winner for the Oilers in He'll hit Corey Watson with it. He'll sidestep one tackler and gets to the 20. Corey Watson inside the 10. Touchdown, Eskimo! Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 630 Chad. Elite power play scored on its last attempt in game number two. Here's Riley into the corner now for Bozak. A shot right on the rebound. That's the only goal in the NHL playoffs so far tonight. Toronto up 1-0 on Boston after the first period. The Lightning and the Devils are scoreless with about four minutes left in the first. Later on tonight, Predators take a 2-0 series lead into Colorado. And the Ducks are down 2-zip going into San Jose. Western Hockey League playoffs tonight. Big game seven between Swift Current and Moose Jaw. The Blue Jays game against Kansas City supposed to be at Rogers Center postponed. Chunks of ice falling off the CN Tower, damaging the roof of Rogers Center making a hole in the roof, so they'll play a doubleheader tomorrow. Game three of the AJHL final in Spruce Grove tonight. The Saints took the first two on the road in Okotoks, so they're back home for game three of that best of seven. Hey, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Inside Sports on Oilers and Eskimos Radio, 630 Chad. My name is Reed Wilkins. It is 6.08. Really appreciate you tuning in tonight. Going to have a fun show. Jelena Mergenovich will be in studio between 6.30 and seven of course she will be fighting her 50th career fight next saturday at the shaw world championship belts on the line against stephanie ducastle from france so jelena getting ready for that one so really appreciate her taking time out of her training to come into studio tonight and in an hour from now we'll catch up with former nhl linesman mike civic who uh, we had on the show a couple years ago after he retired he was really fun to talk to and obviously some Storylines with linesmen in the National Hockey League. A tough one for Steve Barton, injured again last night. Another game involving Columbus. uh, Hurt his leg last night, hurt his knee. And remember last month, Columbus and the Oilers, he uh, was in that collision with Connor McDavid, hit his head really hard on the ice. So it's been tough for him. So Mike Civic is going to be on the show. But first... Nugent Hopkins back through McDavid. He'll gain the line. Backdoor feed. Reese shot score. Top right corner and an absolute beauty from Ty Ratty. Ty Ratty signs... A one-year deal with the Edmonton Oilers, a one-way deal worth $800,000. He's not going to free agency. He decides to stay put and maybe make some more magic with Nugent Hopkins and McDavid, and Ty Ratty joins us now. Ty, welcome to Inside Sports. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you for having me. 
Well, thanks for coming on the show, and congratulations on the new contract. I'll start pretty generally here. Just how do you feel about getting a contract nailed down with the Oilers and so quickly after the season ended? It's awesome. I think, obviously, it's, uh, it's a lot of stress uh, off your mind, and, and for both sides to be mutually interested and, and to get it done this quick is it, it, nice, and I'm very, very excited to come back to Edmonton. Well, give me a sense of, of how this might be different from you for from some other off-seasons or from some other summers in terms of your contract status and, and maybe feeling like there's a bit of a fit for you there with the team. Yeah, for sure. I think, obviously, it's nice not having to wait till July and then really not knowing what's happening, kind of thing like that. And, and like I said, when, when both sides want to get it done right away and you have that confidence from the Oilers, it, it feels good. And, and I think the fit is there. I think the last the last month and a bit in Edmonton went really well. And uh, like I said, I thought we were playing well, and, and uh, now I just got to carry that into next year. You know, you know when, it, when and you mentioned you felt there was a, a fit there. Was was it tempting for you to say, okay, maybe I maybe I should wait to July first and look around or see what else is out there, or did you not even want to go that road this year? Uh, you know, you, you could have, but uh, that was it. Made no sense for me. I think I was in such a good position, and and uh, I said it before. There's 500 other guys out there that that wanted to play in the line that I was playing the last month, so. So for me, it was like, a, why wait around? And, and, and I want to be in Edmonton, and I want to play for the Oilers, so let's get this done and let's move on. All right, well said. You mentioned the line you got to play on. Uh, you, you got put with Connor McDavid and Ryan Nugent Hopkins for most of your games. I know Nuge missed a couple of games with an injury. But I'll start first playing with McDavid. I mean, two-time scoring champion now, won the Hart Trophy last year. I don't know if he'll get it this year, but he'll, he'll be in the conversation. W- what did you have to do to be successful playing with Connor? As productive as he is, not not everybody has been able to find the score sheet as often as you did when they've been on a line with him. What was it for, for you and Connor that clicked, do you think? What did you learn about playing with him over the dozen games or so? Yeah, I think he, he, he's so good. I think everyone uh, outside the game sees how good he is. But it, it's, And then you, you watch him and you play with him and watch him practice, and it's just unbelievable. And I think... Uh, over the first few games, I started to learn that uh, you, you just can't crowd You can't, uh, when he has the puck, you kind of got to move away because he can beat guys by himself. And, and most guys in the league, uh, you, you need to support kind of thing like that. You, you're taught to support the guy. But with McDavid, just kind of spread out because he can beat guys. And all of a sudden, it's a, it's a two-on-one, three-on-one somewhere else. Did you ever have to resist any temptation to force the puck to him? Because one thing I noticed about you, Ty, is if, if there was nothing there at the blue line or when you crossed the red line, you weren't afraid to dump it in. And then the three, you get in there and chasing it. And, and McDavid's good at that, too, because he can usually win the races to the puck. But did, did that come naturally to you, or did you have to work past any, any uh, temptation to force the puck to him no matter what? Yeah, maybe I think the first maybe period or so you think, well, you got the best player beside you, just give him the puck and let him do it. But then your, your hockey sense kind of takes over, and, and uh, if you, you don't see a play at the line, you know as quick as McDavid is and how, how smart as Hopkins is. If you dump it in, most of the time you're going to get it back anyway. So uh, and, and they're, they're so good to me on the bench, and we talked a lot and stuff like that. So it just clicked right off the start, and, and uh, we got along real well, and... and 
things work for us on the ice. All right, and i got to ask you about Nugent Hopkins, too. This was a really good year for him at both ends of the ice. He tied a career high in goals, even though he missed 20 games of the season. So I asked you about McDavid. G- give me a sense of what it's like playing uh, with Nugent. I-, I mean, I would describe him as maybe a, a-, a more subtle player than McDavid because when McDavid takes a- makes a play, it-, it brings people out of their seats. But uh, well, how would you describe playing with Nugent Hopkins? Yeah, he's, he's uh, unbelievable. 200-foot player, I think, obviously, Big David, he'll, he'll make that play to bring people to their feet, but uh, that play before Hopkins will make that play to him, and he'll make always a smart play, and, and uh, he's just a very well-trusted player, and he's a, he's a very respected player, and, and he just always always knows what to do with and without the puck, and, and uh, he's a great player to learn from. Ty Ratty joining us on Inside Sports gets a new one-year deal with the Edmonton Oilers after a strong finish to the season. Um, Peter Shirelli, I, I actually asked Peter a question about you last week at his end-of-the-season availability, and uh, he described you as a, as a very cerebral player who moves the puck well. In your own words, though, Ty, what do you think the strongest part of your game is? Uh, yeah, I think uh, I've, I've been an offensive player uh, most of my life, and, and I want to keep contributing offensively. But uh, one thing I'm proud of that I've, I've worked really hard on over the years is my defensive game and my play away from the puck, and, and I thought I showed that uh, this year, especially the last month. And uh, going forward, I want to be, be known more as, as, as a 200-foot player that can be trusted at both ends. Ty, Peter, I mean, that segues well into my next question because Peter said for, for a lot of the year in Bakersfield, you were having a bit of a one-dimensional year and your D game was struggling a little bit. When do you think that started to, to click for you? Was, was that just a matter of, I don't know if it was work ethic or awareness or, or what do you think brought your D game around a little bit? Yeah, I think uh, in the AHL, it's obviously a, it's a different game and... and uh, uh, I was kind of it was in a top offensive role, and maybe you start to cheat a little bit more than you should, and then uh, you catch yourself cheating, and then when you get called up to the NHL, obviously that kind of stuff doesn't fly. And uh, um, I think I've gotten better in my defensive game, and I know I can do it. It's just a matter of applying it game in and game out. All right. How's your summer going to be in terms of your uh, training and, and preparation? Does anything change for you? I mean, I assume as you, as you get, uh, not I don't mean you're getting old by any means, but as you get older year by year, um, is this going to be business as usual for you in the summer? Do you want to alter some things? Give me a sense of that. That's kind of one of the behind-the-scenes things that fans don't see but can have a big, a big impact on how you come out in the fall. Yeah, for sure. I think uh, you learn more and more about yourself and, and your body and, and what you need to do to prepare yourself uh, uh, for the season uh, every every summer. So as I've gotten older, I've, I've known what I need to do. And, and uh, going into this year, I think I want to do most of the same thing I did last year. And, and uh, I felt really good uh, going into the season last year. So it's just a matter of uh, getting stronger, getting quicker and, and keeping up with the game. Ty Ratty joining us on Inside Sports. One-year deal with the Edmonton Oilers to come back for another season here. Played on a line with Nugent Hopkins and McDavid down the stretch. Okay, so uh, you're getting ready for the summer. Let me ask you this, Ty. Who were the who were the first people you called or got in touch with after you signed the contract here? Uh, well, yeah, we were, it, was a, it was a quick thing. I think it got done pretty quick and... and uh, my old man, he's a very involved uh, hockey dad, like most hockey dads are, and, and uh, he was definitely my first call, and, and, and uh, super excited, and obviously all my family members, grandpa, uncle, uh, little brother, so 
it's a it's an awesome family thing and and uh i know they're proud of me and and uh i don't want to sound weird or anything like that but i was super proud of myself after after the things that uh the year went last year, so I was proud of myself, and I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to going back to Edmonton. All right, so a traditional hockey dad. Now, did your dad ever ever coach you, or was he the guy driving you to games and tying your skates and wiping your nose when you were four? Or <laughs> what's his role fit in, in your hockey life? <laughs> yeah. he, was, uh, he was the guy doing all the above. I think uh, I, he, he, he drives to practice. He... he uh, uh, he coached the teams. He, he did everything. So he's, uh, I, I can't say enough good things about what he did for my career. And, and uh, those calls that you make after you sign deals like that, those those uh, the calls that put smiles on your faces. And, and uh, um, I think I played 14 games with the Oilers, and, and every home game he was there. And he was there for one right to the end. So uh, uh, he's, he's the best, and, and uh, uh, it was fun making that call. What about your little brother? Is he a hockey player, or what's uh, what is he into? Yeah, he's a he's a hockey player. He plays uh, he's played in the dub the last two years, and then this year he played for the Canmore Eagles. I think uh, he's he's a he's a grinder, a big boy, and and uh, but he's he's a hockey guy too. Okay, right on. Well, Ty, I know this is a fun week for you, so uh, enjoy it. I know you're going to be working hard all summer, and again, congratulations. I look forward to seeing you when you're back in town. Thanks, Reed. I appreciate that. Right on. That is Ty Ratty checking in tonight forward for the Edmonton Oilers. One-year contract, $800,000. He turned 25 in February, played 14 games with the Oilers this season. In the last 12, that's when he was up there with McDavid and Nugent Hopkins, except for the couple of games Nugent Hopkins got hurt, and he had nine points, five goals in those 12 games. And as Peter Shirelli described him, a cerebral player, knew where to put the puck, and interesting what he mentioned there with McDavid. A lot of guys you try to skate closer to them to support the puck, give them a shorter pass. He said with McDavid, you, you tried to spread out a little bit because he was so good at making plays on his own, you wanted to go somewhere else on the ice where he could find you. So low-risk deal for the Oilers. We, I mean, we simply do not know if Ty Ratty can do it over a full season. Heck, uh, over the last, uh, what, four years in the NHL. He hasn't even played a full season worth of games. He has 49 games of NHL experience, but he'll get some sort of opportunity with the Oilers in the fall. You can always text 63630. The phone number is 780-496-0063. The Leafs now up 2-1 on Boston. They're four and a half minutes into the second period. Inside Sports on Chet. Hi, this is Ryan Nugent Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chad. All right, so the goal scorers in that Toronto-Boston game, Van Riemsdyk and Marlowe for the Leafs, McQuaid for Boston, 2-1 Toronto, six minutes into the second period, Lightning and Devils scoreless after the first. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Inside Sports on 630 Ched. My name is Reed Wilkins. Want to remind you that some guests on the show get gift certificates to Northern Chicken, bringing down south comfort food to Edmonton with southern classics and other tasty treats. Salivate over the menu at northchickenyeg.com or just go visit them in person and order off the menu, 124th Street, 107th Avenue. So talking about the, the bad weather here, the Blue Jays game postponed chunks of ice falling off the CN Tower that damaged the roof at Rogers Center actually made a hole in the roof the Boston Marathon today bad weather in Boston 
Pretty good results for Canadian. Krista Duchesne from Strathroy, Ontario, who got third in the women's race. Reed Coolset from Hamilton, who we've had on this show, very accomplished Canadian marathon runner. He got ninth in the men's race. Yuki Kawauchi from Japan won the men's marathon. Desiree Linden won the women's race. First American to win the Boston Marathon since 1985. She's a two-time Olympian. She says most runners struggled with the cold and wet weather, but she didn't mind. This is my dream scenario. I know I'm a little twisted, but um, the conditions play a huge factor on people, obviously, and I was experiencing it myself, but you got to just dig in and get the job done. And uh, the course, the conditions, I loved it all. The Boston Marathon 122 runnings has never been canceled due to weather. So they uh, go ahead and do it. I was looking at an article online about some of the, the bad weather and... Uh, and uh, obstacles they've had I guess here's the thing uh, 1987 the Boston Marathon was run in 95% humidity 95% humidity so I ask most of you as northern Albertans what would you sooner run 26 miles in well okay maybe 26 miles in. what's a what's a manageable distance for most people 5k would you sooner do a 5K in uh, this weather or 95% humidity? I'd sooner take this weather. Especially if I, if I was doing a longer distance, I would definitely take this weather. Because as you get going, at least you warm up a little bit. If it's 95% humidity, you get hot just from running, plus it's stifling, sticky hot to begin with. All right. Jelena Mergenovic scheduled to join us in the next half hour. We'll keep you updated on the scoreboard. Kind of a crazy story here with Roy Finch, excellent kick returner for the Calgary Stampeders, arrested in Oklahoma for allegedly assaulting a police officer, also arrested for marijuana possession. He's uh, alleged to have taken a swing at a police officer in Oklahoma and then uh, got swarmed by a bunch of cops. Pretty... Uh, Looks pretty beat up in his mug shop that was circling around the internet today. Story to keep an eye on there as well. Coming up to the 6.30 news, then we're coming right back. Inside Sports on Chet. This is Mike Riley from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 6.30 Chet. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. All right, so Boston scores. Chara gets his first. It's 2-2. Nine minutes left in the second period. Lightning and Devils scoreless after the first. Game 7, Swift Current and Moose Jaw coming up in the WHL. We'll uh, keep you posted on that one, too. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thanks a lot for checking in tonight. Hey, I got a special guest in studio. Special. <laughs> she just shows up whenever she wants. I feel like I feel like I'm a regular on this show. Almost. Well, you pretty much are. I don't know if anybody else has come in for as many interviews as you, as you have. It's uh, Jelena Mergenovic in studio. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. It's good to see you. Uh, and you're not just here randomly. No, not this time. <laughs> we have had you on just for random occasions, which has always been good. Uh, you got a big fight coming up. I do. Fight number fifty. This yeah. is next Saturday. 
The 28th, yes. April 28th, and you and you did you were able to make it happen in Edmonton. In Edmonton, yes. Um, the city finally uh, shook the cobwebs out and got their head on straight and allowed us to. Uh, they lifted the ban and allowed us to do our jobs. Okay, so, so this is exciting. Now you're fighting. Uh, was it Stephanie Ducastle? So, yeah. I th- That's how we think we say it. That's how we. With well, I know French before accent, I was I was saying it du- Ducatel, and you were like accent Duca. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, she's the one you fought last Canada Day. Uh, yes, in correct. in France. In France, and it was a draw. It was a ugly draw. Yeah. You felt you probably well, should have won. I felt I didn't fight uh, great, but I thought I did enough to win. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, when you go on the road, that's that's not enough, and you have to win decisively, and you have to win in an um, exciting fashion, and that I did not do. Okay, so how did they, how, there were three judges? Three judges, I don't even, to be honest with you, I don't even remember the scores. If it was a majority draw, or was it one, it, one, and one tie? I believe it was that way. Okay. So, but you kept that's your belts. The, that's in the past. You're, you're the champ. Well, just for, just to set up the history. There's <laughs> yeah. history with this opponent. Yeah, there is. Absolutely. You know, it was, she came tough. Um, you know, I never underestimate opponents, but I think maybe we just, um, we came out a little flat again. Um, fighting on the road is not easy. You know, it's a long trip there. Mm-hmm. It's a long week in a hotel. Um you know, you're defending your world titles, you're in someone else's backyard, the fans are not your friends, the refs aren't your friends. I mean, they're not my friends here either. But, but now she gets to be treated this way. Um, yeah, you know, I think, um, you know, we do as much as we can to be as hospitable as we can. And, you know, Edmonton is not a hostile-natured um, environment. So the weather, however, is hostile today. But, you know, the people <laughs> in Edmonton aren't too bad. So Right, but they'll be cheering for you at the shop. I should so hope if she, so. If she gets booed a little bit or just gets the silent treatment, that's that's, that's fine. That's totally acceptable. That's so let's, uh, I don't know where to start here. There's so much I want to talk to you about. So let, let's do the training thing because that, cause that really, the whole, training for uh, for a boxing match really fascinates me because you know hockey players football players like they have a definite season and and they play pretty regularly football right. you play every week hockey you play three or four times a week baseball heck they're playing every day <laughs> now granted there there's a gap in the off season but they know when they're coming back 100 percent yeah you uh, you fight and then sometimes you don't know when your next fight is going to be or you know it's like five six months away so now that you're now that you're ramping up i mean when did you really start uh ramping up for this once you knew the date does it happen as soon as you know the date or do you say i got to start six eight ten well weeks this is this is the thing with us and um this was a little bit of a unique situation because of this ban um that was in place in the city um but generally speaking, I'm fortunate that I have KO Boxing behind me and they've promoted me and I've had the ability and the luxury of fighting at home. Um, so I know my dates. But when we went on the road, we would get calls. We still get calls to fight like four weeks notice. Um, as a world champ, I am fortunate enough that I get to pick my dates. But there are guys on these shows um, that that get calls last minute and they have to stay in shape and when you're building yourself you have to always be fight ready right um you know unless you're willing not not to take a take a good fight or a good purse money or a good opportunity um in this instant we 
had a shorter training camp because of this ban that was in place. So we lost all of our dates at the Shaw, um, which meant that we didn't know when we were going to be able to secure a fight. And we didn't know when they were, in fact, really going to lift this ban. Right. The ban was in place uh, December 9th, I believe, 8th or 9th. Um, 9th. Um, and then they told us it was for a year. Well... I can't sit on the sidelines for a year, so... Well, they would have taken your belts away, would they not? Because you have to defend them within 12 months. Yeah, Yeah. and so um, we lost our dates at the Shaw. We were busy trying to secure another date once they lifted this ban in February. Um, You know, usually, generally speaking, I do a 12-week training camp. So um, from when they lifted the ban to the fight date, I think it was 10 weeks. So we had started training, but not really knowing when we were fighting. Um, But that being said, you know, I didn't fight till July. So I had a lot of conditioning to do. I had a lot of, you know, just getting the body back working properly and... You know, I'm I'm not a spring chicken anymore. So getting getting the body to like figure out what Come the heck now. was going on. You're so. one of the fittest people in the entire country. Like, let's not. Sell <laughs> I better be right now. Here. I do fight in ten days. Uh, Austin Matthews just scored for the Leafs. By the way, you pulling for the Leafs here? Uh, you know what? I have been living in a gym. I don't even know who's playing right now. Oh, Toronto's playing Boston. Uh, Boston's well, up two nothing in the series. <laughs> I do. Toronto's see up three two in this game. Yeah. Okay. So 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 you, you, you do go through this training camp. So I I I called you a couple weeks ago and said I I want to have you on the show. Uh, because I thought, is this going to be inappropriate to ask her for an interview relatively close? Because I, I like, is she going to be in isolation? Is she going to want to even talk to anybody? Uh-huh. So you're still, you're, you're still having your life. Well, Milan. Even though it's within Milan. 10, no, what, 12, what are we, 11 days from the fight? Yeah, Milan, my coach, would love it if I could just be in an isolation chamber, but I think I would drive everybody crazy. Um, no, and, and you know, as the main event and as this being such an iconic fight for me, um, I realized that I had to push to be a little bit more ready so I could al- allocate time for interviews and you know I don't want to be having to diet down too much so we made sure that we were on weight that we made sure everything was kind of clicking together so I would have this ability to kind of do this media media time because it you know this is a big fight 50 fights is uh, yeah, to get no to do joke it Edmonton, yeah it's no joke so do you plan when you start the training camp is is every day planned out all like 10 to 12 weeks in advance or do you do kind of a schedule a week at a time um you know there's there is systems to the training camp. I know Milan has everything planned out in his head. You know, a lot of the days when I show up in the boxing gym, I just show up and I do what I'm told because I find that I get. And you less, guys never argue. I get right. <laughs> I get less trouble that way, so I just kind of I don't want to make too many decisions. Um, you know, I have I have a lot of great people on my team. You know, ethics. Um, Dana Perkins does a lot of my strength and conditioning stuff, and the and Marion there is keeps on my body in check. I've had some needling done by Brent at my gym, so everybody has their their systems. They all kind of pseudo communicate, like Milan is the ruler, okay. and everything <laughs> and goes go through. And I just go through through okay. whatever. But so, does. but today you were telling me you didn't train. 
I had today was my off day to, because okay. we sparred on Saturday. Cam O'Connell came up and did some rounds with me, and um, we went hard. And, and this is different. The fight this time is on a Saturday. Generally, I fight in Edmonton on a Friday. Okay. So we want to push the schedule. So we take we took Saturday or sorry Sunday and Monday to kind of just heal. I did some light runs, um, and then I'll stretch out tonight. I'll go to hot yoga tonight, and then. Um, just the well, one it's not last an off week. day if you're going to yoga. Like well, for a lot of people, that's the most intense it gets right. for working out. It's pretty intense in there. That heat, it really gets you. Okay, so it's next, uh, it's it's Saturday, that's the 28th of April. Correct. It's at the Shaw. So if people want to go, what if do pe- they do? If people want to go, they can pick up tickets on Eventbrite. Okay. Um, we do have tickets at Champs if you come half hour before class, scheduled class. And that's 109th and 102nd? Yes, Across from is. Best Buy? Across from Best Buy, or yes. the old future shop, as people in that neighborhood will there know. There you go. Okay. Um, and then you can also get the tickets at the door. There will be walk-up tickets. Okay. Okay, so cool. So people will have yeah. a, chan- a chance to go. Now, uh, so how many, they're, they're, you're the main event, obviously, yes. so how many other f- bouts will they get there's to see a, in the evening? There's a great undercard, you know, and, and this is, obviously, there'll there'll be fights that change as we go into the last 10 days. Um, you know, boxing's a tough sport, injuries happen, you know, people's visas don't come through and things like that. So, but we are scheduled to have nine bouts on the undercard, oh, wow. eight or nine bouts. So it is a great card, you know, Adam Braywood's coming back, uh, so we have some heavyweight action. Um He'll be fighting, uh, I believe, a, a gentleman out of Mexico. Another tough fight leading up to his big fight in Montreal. So that's a good one. And then we have Robbie Cousin, who's been my primary sparring partner. Um, and he's he's in for another fight. I think he's 4-0 right now, so we'll bring him up to be, you know, 5-0. and or, He always gets mad at me. I'm not sure of his record. <laughs> He's doing well. He's this, doing very well. That. You know, we have um, Eric. We have a pro debut. We have a lot of local, a great local talent. Um, mm-hmm. Edmonton is a very has a very vast pool of talent, and I think that's one thing that the city didn't realize as well is that we actually have a lot of action. Um, we are the busiest fighting hub in Western Canada. Oh, nice. Um, and. You know, KO Boxing has a lot of fighters under their stable, so I believe even Cam's going to get a fight on this show just to tune up fight. He um, had a tough tough fight over um, in Montreal as well, or out east, and didn't didn't come out his way, and so he's going to have a little tune up and get back in the ring um, as a main event after. So this is one. He, so you're you don't know exactly when your fight's going to start then. I think I'm, well, we're working on getting this on TSN, so I'm going to be a TV fight, so mine will be on at 10.30, I believe. Okay, so, 10.30 Edmonton time. 10.30 Edmonton time. Nice. So that's why I, th- I believe that's what we're aiming for. We'll have confirmation on everything probably in the next day or so. Okay, can you stick around? Yeah. No, well, you have no choice. Like I said you got to come on till seven. Okay. okay. Well, I'm here for another fifteen minutes. If <laughs> you have any questions, in studio, inside Sports on Chat. This is JC Sheriff from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Six Thirty Chat. We're in studio with Jelena Mergenovich. She is the WBA and WBC featherweight champion. She will have her 50th fight at the Shaw Conference Center here in Edmonton next Saturday, April 28th, against Stephanie Ducastle from France. It is a rematch of their bout last Canada Day, which was in France. 
Let me just ask you quickly here, Jelena, because people have been asking me, this is your 50th fight, significant number. Is this your last fight? No, it absolutely so this is, is So not. this is not a retirement no, fight or a farewell. It's just, it's just, just 50. It's a big not number. just 50, but... It's yeah. a big number. I mean, to put it in perspective, Floyd Mayweather just had his 50th fight against Conor um, McGregor. McGregor, right. Let's not get them mixed up. Yeah. <laughs> Conor McGregor... Uh, Kind of likes making a name for himself, well, doesn't you know, he? What he did he threw something at a bus a couple of weeks ago? You know, I think th- the problem is, is when these people find the fame and the star, the stardom, and then they aren't active in it all the time. I think they almost do things to be active. I mean, look at Oscar De La Hoya and all of his hoopla that he's been going through the last few right. days. Like it's just ridiculous. So I got to ask this: uh, the fight's next Saturday, next Thursday. You're going to have the the news conference, mm-hmm. right? Press conference, yes. And, at the, and and is that the weigh in too? No, the weigh in is on the Friday. Okay, and are you guys going to do that picture where you oh, we'll like menace this. at each other, like nose to nose and glare at each well, other? Well, I don't, I don't really want to get her too close into my <laughs> face, but we'll pose. We'll definitely have a standoff type thing. Yes. Have you ever had one of those boxing news conferences that got out of control, where you, like no. somebody takes a swing at somebody? No, I had. Well, I haven't personally take you know, a swing I mean, at you anybody. personally, yeah. No, but I've had people like as they're walking away like talk crap under their breath and stuff. So it's kind of funny because I find the fighters that that smack talk um, are the ones that are nervous. Unless if that's outside of their normal scope of of um right. you know, fighting and, and their persona. Right. Um the quiet ones are always the the ones you have to worry about. The silent assassins, I always call so them. You don't, so you just won't say anything. I just stay quiet. Like, I mean, I obviously won't back down because this is my hometown. This is who I am. Like, I am the world champ, but I'm not one to start stuff. Like, you know, we're all professionals. We all have worked extremely hard to get to where we're at. Um, and we're there to do a job. So, um, you know... It's Granted, just a job that involves beating somebody else 100%. up. 100%. It's so much fun. <laughs> that being said, once that bell goes, we're not friends. I'm not friends with you when we're fighting. You right. know, after, of course, I can respect what you do, and, and you know, I um, appreciate the fact that you're coming to my hometown and that we're we're in a similar sport, but but we're not friends. Don't, don't, get, any, don't get that wrong. Right. Well, of course not. Uh, you, you, you know, I do the hockey games with Rob Brown, and he says when, when there's a hockey fight... And then they pat each other after. That He actually gets mad by that. Oh, yeah. Because he's like, you had a reason for fighting that person to be competitive or stand up for your team. 100%. You <laughs> know, and, and, and that's the thing. Like, you know, I think that... It's it's the same thing with rugby players. You know, they bash each other's heads in, and then they go have a beer after. That's part of the culture. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm. I think it's one of the only sports where you literally want to punch each other's faces off, and then you can hug them after the fight, being like, "Great job." Now, what do you do? What is this? A what a ten rounder or twelve rounder? How is long? It, women's women's title fights are only ten rounds. They're always at the moment. ten. Okay. Yeah. Um. And men's are twelves. But um, yeah, so they got rid of 10. the fifteen a few years ago. Didn't yeah, they? that was uh due to fighter safety. You know, there's. You know, despite what our city or the general public might think, there is a lot of research done on the sport and the, and the safety and the health of the sport. Um, the WBC is actually one of the leading organizations in um, proper sanctioning and, and, you know, all these all these rules and these hoops that you have to kind of jump through before you fight. And we all adhere to them as we want it, the sport to be as safe as possible. I Absolutely. Mean, we already take enough risks in life, so why do it in this?
So you have two championship belts. They will both be on the line. Yes. This isn't one because sometimes a fighter will have two, but it's like, oh, this is just a WBA fight. This is WBA and WBC. Correct, yeah. So both fights are, both belts are on the line. All right. Well, I'm so excited about this. This is so awesome. You got it in Edmonton, and I know it's going to be such a big deal, and so many fans are getting behind you. I got to ask you a question that I was, uh, I threw out there before. (laughs) This is totally, totally random. Uh, Because Boston Marathon was today in in Mm -hmm. bad weather. Would you, and I, so I looked back at other bad Ugh. weather Boston marathons. Did you were you listening on the way in? Oh, it was you, so bad. Okay, so would you sooner run in this or would you sooner run in ninety five percent humidity? Because I'd sooner run in this. No, I love the heat. Though. You do, like eh? listen. Oh, I am getting so skinny right now. Like just, <laughs> I'm so lean, and I don't love being this lean. And I'm like, I just want to be winter warm again. Like we live in, <laughs> we live That's in great. Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. I want to be. I want my body fat back. I want to be warm. I like it. I don't care what anybody says. You know what? I this skinny, this cold, this wet. It's always gross. <laughs> All right. Uh, when when you, you know running's part of your training, mm-hmm. how far will you run? Well, right now we're tapering down and we're slowing it down and adding some sprints into the workout. Um, but you know, I'm I'm by no means built for running. I am not a marathon runner. Mm-hmm. I am a steam engine. I like to be slow and steady wins the race type thing. Um, so I'll go anywhere. I do a couple long runs, about eight miles, ten um, k okay. kind of thing. Right. Um, but usually I run about 5K, 5, 5 to 8K per day. Um, now we're tapering back. We won't do any more than 5K, and we'll add a lot of sprints in there. Okay. So that's for this next week. And then we'll just, after that, it's literally just weight maintenance. So if I'm where I need to be, I will not run at all. Right. <laughs> Which is fingers crossed because this <laughs> what, what is the so weight crappy. range you have to, yeah, you're never supposed to ask a woman her weight. But for athletes, I, it's totally different. What is the weight range you have <laughs> to be into? Keep telling yourself that. <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. Um, I have to be 126 pounds. Not um, exactly. I have to be exactly. I cannot be one ounce over. So. But what if you're 125 and a half? Well, then that's okay. So okay, so 126 so last, is the max. So that my last. Fight there's was, oh, there's no lower end, I guess. No lower if you end. wanted to go in weighing 40 pounds, you could. Yeah. <laughs> would, okay, um, so what, so, so featherweight max is out at one source. Well, yeah, okay. that's okay. My last fight, we actually were underweight. My sister is like the hardest person on me when we're cutting weight. I'm like, I think I can have some water. We're underweight, and she's like, nope. I don't want to go over. I don't want to have to do this again. You're miserable to be around. And she's listening, <laughs> and it's true. It's very true. So the weigh-in's the Friday. The Friday. The, the day before the fight. It's always the day before. Okay. 24 hours, yeah. And so we stepped on the scale, and we were 124.2 or something like, something ridiculous. And I and this is how crazy fighters are. So I step off the scale. I looked at my sister. First thing I said was, I told you so, because it's my favorite phrase in life. And then the second thing I said, to her was like I think we could make 122 <laughs> like the division right. lower oh, I swear geez. she almost slapped me and then my trainer definitely Milan cuffed me upside the head and I said okay okay we'll just stay here okay but that I'm glad because that's sort of what I was getting at too how <laughs> how much weight is till you have to until you potentially in a lower weight class so it's um, four or five pounds as, as you get small in the lower divisions the increments are closer as you get oh, higher they're higher so for me 126 the next division up is 130 okay. um, which i've also been a world champion at and right. the division above that is 135 which I've also been a champion at that as well. So, and then from there you go 142, 147, and okay. then it just incrementally goes higher. 
Jelena, thank you so much for coming in. Uh, I, I know we'll still be in touch before before the bout, but but all the best. You're an incredible representative of the city of Edmonton, and we're all so proud of you. Knock her out. Thank you. I, I hope so. I hope um, if you guys get a chance, this is a big fight for me, and I love fighting at home. You guys are amazing. So if you do get a chance, come check it out. Again, please do. Eventbrite, you Eventbrite, can get tickets. Eventbrite at the door or at Champs Boxing Studio, which is and, on 109. And, 102. and you own, and she owns Champs, everybody. Oh. So there you go. Yes. Come check us out anytime. Inside Sports on Chad. We're back after the news. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.